Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Ian. Hey. Joseph. Yellow. Jehu. Back again to discuss the, I'm assuming we're all in agreement, probably the most adapted author of all time. I can't think of anybody who would even come close. Yeah. Nicholas Spark. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I mean, again, that's only been in the last, like, no, no, no. Years. He's Four definitely, decades. Stephen King's definitely the best. Uh, Stephen King, <laughs> local Maine resident. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. All of his books are in Maine, so I'm assuming he lives there. He's made a lot of stuff, guys. Yep. Good and bad. Yeah. I mean, how much of it he's actually made, hard to say. <laughs> well, I but, mean, you know, Growing up a little older than you guys, I I was there for, like, the first craze of Stephen King. And it was, like, I mean, late 80s, early 90s, like, he was the fucking author. Like, you know, everybody read Stephen King in my, in, like, my, even in my, like, early ventures in, you know, like, liking girls. I could remember, you know, one, I've always been very bad at picking out cues of whether or not girls like me, but I can remember if a girl was, like, Hey, you want to read my Stephen King book? I'm like, yeah, I want to read your Stephen <laughs> King book. It was like, it was like the first clear clue, uh, clue I picked up on. So, he was like a big deal during that time, and that's when they crapped out a lot of these movies. Very timely. There's a lot of King adaptations that have come out in the last few years. Yeah. A lot more coming. It Chapter 2 is two weeks out. Yep. What we- caused the resurgence? What like brought him back? Because he was already sort of back when It hit. That just blew it up. Um, I think It definitely kicked it into gear. Yeah. But... That's an interesting question. Yeah, I don't know. You know I, I, I mean, don't really no, know. I, I think I think we just touched on exactly why we were in an '80s revival. I think people were yeah. making remaking classic '80 films, and then, you know, it's just one of those properties, that, an idea that the idea is, in my opinion, more interesting than the movie. I remember like being in middle school and talking about, oh, there's this crazy fucking clown that kills people right. that's also a giant fucking spider, um, and and then they they took that concept and turned it actually into. A solid movie. Well, I think to, I think a lot of it might have to do with that whole like, and I hate this term, but mystery mystery box form of tourist storytelling. Like that Stephen King books. All of his books are something is not what it seems. Oh, hundred percent. JJ like claims that yeah. he took it from Stephen King. Also, for someone who hates the mystery box, I'm yeah. pretty sure you bring it up every single time I we talk about it. I always bring up the shit I, I don't like. <laughs> Except for when I bring up David Bowie's dog. I love that. <laughs> but most of the stuff I bring up, I don't Two like. for two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's appropriate. We're, even though it's hot as hell here, yeah. we are almost to fall. The pumpkin spice lattes are back. Right. Yep. Horror movies are coming into the theaters. Yep. So, you know, we're on The leaves are here. falling. Yeah. No, they're not. Well, they are, because... Global warming's killing our trees. Right. They're falling on the other end. <laughs> yeah. They're being fucking baked. The off. not good way. I think we're gonna break this down into two categories, like horror movies and non horror movies. Yeah, we're just. I think we're gonna do kind of a. a uh, and we're not hitting on every problem. Yeah, this, right. is, this is a sporadic smattering of uh, of Stephen the most King popular because, ones. Because otherwise, I would have to edit all week and next week right. because there's too many fucking. Yeah. And I don't think even just going by having one of us watch it, I don't think we've watched all the movies. No, it'd be no. impossible. No. Yeah. And I don't think anyone in the world has watched all Stephen King's movies. I bet Stephen King is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there, there's at least six, I'm betting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think we should start with the one that, that kicked it off in the first place, which is Carrie from 1976, which is before all of us were born. Not before all of us. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, uh, fucking, uh, I love this movie. I think it's Brian De Palma. Yeah, uh, that's correct. It, you know, in a strange way, it reminds me of Batman 66. In that when you watch it when you're young, it's just dead serious. 
And when you watch as an adult, you can enjoy it more from like a comedy standpoint. Really? And I'm not, the last time I watched it, I found it to be really funny. And it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching this like when, I don't know, when I was in like middle school. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was like frightening. Yeah. But I, I you know. It's very I'm, relatable when you're in middle right, school. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're like, you're seeing it through middle school eyes. So I, <laughs> I, I, I tell you something, something else that I fucking love about it probably more than anything. I can't remember the actor's name, but John Travolta and the other chick who are like the bullies. Yeah. They are so fucking mean. <laughs> like so many bullies in movies, you know, like, I don't know, like Johnny from uh, The Karate Kid or Morris Day in, in uh, Purple Rain. They have like something that they can be redeemed for about. They, you can like, oh, I can kind of see where they're coming from. But not these guys. <laughs> they're just assholes wall to wall. I'm so fucking glad when they get their comeuppance. Oh, 100%. The end of this movie mm-hmm. is not even sad or scary as much as you feel like it's just totally earned and deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yep. cathartic. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, definitely, it was the biggest orgy of violence I had seen up into that. <laughs> That's fair. So yeah, for those who are unfamiliar, <laughs> this uh, this movie is about a a young awkward high school girl who has a, just a terrible, terrible high school right. experience. And, well, uh, not just high school experience. Her home life is also awful. Yeah. Was, uh, and also a very scary mother. Yeah. yeah. Who's really kind of the scariest part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, very much. You know, spoiler alert for this too, really excited when she dies. <laughs> <laughs> very happy when she dies. And if you guys haven't seen the old one, it was remade a few years ago with yeah. Jodie Foster and Chloe, Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz. Yep. yep. Which was not as good. The original's way better. Yes. Sissy Spacek is so fucking great yeah. in this. Uh you know, this this in Coal Miner's Daughter, Sissy Space, I just own the fucking seven. And everybody's really good in it. Uh, William Cat, who's rocked that fucking blonde perm for 40-odd <laughs> years. You know, he's good. Everybody in it's really good. I love this movie. It's it, better than Transformers. Yeah, definitely yeah. better. It's an easy watch, too. It's yeah. short, which I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It uh, definitely is not only just being the first of the Stephen King adaptations, it, it helps you understand why it became such a craze. Yeah, which for is, sure. It, these stories translated well right. to screen. Uh, and that trend continued for a while. It took a dip for a while. Yeah. Too, but We're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of, probably, if, if there's a, a most acclaimed, actually, it's not true. Probably the most popular among cinephiles anyway is the Stanley Kubrick adaptation of The Shining from 1980. Probably the most acclaimed of his horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shawshank. Might yeah. be a little better. We'll get to that. <laughs> I prefer The Shining to Shawshank. I also prefer The, Sha- the Shining to Shawshank. I think I, it's a better movie. We'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, <laughs> we'll this, pick our best one. This movie is so terrifying. Yes. Like, just in in ways that aren't even just terrifying. Just the background noise. Yeah. yeah. The hum that changes between the scenes <laughs> scares the shit just out the, of me. Just the scenery. Know. Like, like yeah, the well, ominous, it, like... It dude, uses, the carpet is yeah. scary. Yeah. So, it, it uses the space so well. Yeah. Like it, it, everything feels so empty and ominous and at the big. same time. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, my it's a good, great movie. Here's my The Shining story. Wait, is this the The Shining story? Yeah, the 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 Shining <laughs> story. I'm like seven years old, right? And Hazard, Kentucky, had just fucking gotten cable. Which, by the way, I would move from there to Milton, Florida, and then it wouldn't get cable a fucking decade till a fucking <laughs> decade later. So I just had the worst luck. I mean, this was way after civilization had cable. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, I lived in a house that was right behind a house where my older cousin lived, and right behind another house where my younger cousin lived. Uh, my older cousin, you know, was you know he was like late middle school, and I was still just like a fucking kid. But anyways, we all knew that we had all just gotten uh, the movie channel, 
So everybody was always watching that, except for when like Bozo was on, uh, <laughs> you know, WGN or something. So I'm 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 left alone, seven years old, watching the fucking shine. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and I hear a knock at the fucking door. And I open it up, and it's right after this scene has occurred. And there's my cousin Stevie with an axe going, Here's Johnny! <laughs> and scared the shit out of me. I still am scared of this movie more from that than from the actual movie. That's hilarious. Jack Nicholson's great. Jack did, Nicholson's Did he so get an Oscar nomination good. in this? I'm not sure. I don't remember this, sir. I'll look that up while you guys can uh, show However good anyone else in this movie is, Shelley Duvall is fucking incredible it, in this movie. She goes yeah. hard. Yeah. She is, but I mean, it's so... If, if you read anything about that it's yeah, so fucking depressing it is really fucking yeah. they Stanley, just terrorized Stanley them. Kubrick did not believe in acting he just believed in terrorizing right. his actresses to the point where they were just that actually was scared they were but, actually scared yeah but there's one scene where she's like up against the wall like stretched out with her like eyelids over the top of her fucking head screaming and that's just real fucking life you know yeah the the, the beauty of I think this story and the, what's particularly the way that it's done in the movie is, is I've I feel like, you know, for us, for at this point, I knew about The Shining before I saw The Shining. Yeah. Um, and even still, watching the movie from the beginning, it's just a normal family drama about, like, a, you know, a family going out to the, a place for a job right. and, yep. and a, you know, an aspiring writer trying to write his novel. And so that whole progress of the descent into madness, like, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel destined it, it it feels like oh maybe he's maybe he's just stressed maybe he just needs another second and Shelley Duvall is definitely playing like you know I don't know I just I love this man you know he's my husband yeah. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna stand by him and so like I don't know she ignores red flags and you kind of want you like you kind of ignore the red flags too as you're going you're like oh it's maybe not as bad as it looks. You don't know about his fucking conversation with ghost bartenders. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just think for something that could be really, really heavy handed about the way that you have this psychotic dad, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't feel like it plays that way. I think it plays very much like it feels like a real relationship. It feels like a real family. And it feels mm-hmm. like Shelley Vall is just trying to keep the pieces yep. together. Yep. Yeah. And just does not understand the descent that her husband has gone into. And man, there's the, all three of the characters can really hook you in, depending Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. when you're a little kid watching this, it ties right into oh shit, if something went wrong with my parents, you're not safe. (laughs) There's nothing to help you. And, you know, I'm sure if you're a woman watching this, like, you know, it's fucking scary as shit. What if my relationship went this fucking wrong? And if you're a grown dude watching it and, you know, shit's not going great for you, you can say, yeah, I can see how this could go down. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love about this movie um, that we haven't really talked about that you know, I I will say I think I probably have a top two of like world building. Right. Number one would be Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. Number two is The Shining. Mm. In that it introduces so many right. things and establishes this world with which you live in, which is fictional. Like it feels real, and we're talking about this descent into madness. But there's weird shit going on yeah, yeah. that you want to see more of. But it's also like such a good taste that you don't it exactly, doesn't distract yeah. you from the story with which you're supposed to follow. Like it's just really good at establishing this environment right. with which this story lives in. Bunch of iconic scenes. Like you mentioned the one with the axe, also yeah. the elevator with the blood. Well, yeah. Yeah. Great like, scene. Just things that are the, you know, the incident, maze at the, the maze. Yeah, yeah, Hall of Fame, cine, you know, movie scenes, you know, you know, everyone knows them. Stephen King famously hates it. He hates the shit out of he this movie. He remade it in the 90s as a miniseries. 
I've never watched that because I understand the miniseries is probably more accurate to the book, but I don't give a shit. I love this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is, this is, a, this is a greatest of all time yeah. movie to me. Yeah. So, you know, I really thought The Running Man was going to be before Stand By Me, but well, I thing, looked it up. But The thing is, right here is where we hit, he, Stephen McKean becomes a fucking thing at this time. After Shining. And they just start crapping him out. Yep. The uh, Cujo, Christine, the Care. first Pet no. Cemetery. No. No. Uh, Children of the Corn. Yeah, like, they're just there's a feeding frenzy to adapt, and some of those I, I, I say crap, and some of them are fun movies. You know, like I think the first Pet Cemetery is a fun movie. Yeah. I think yes, I think Cujo's a fun. Movie. I mean, a lot of them. Even even if you're you're saying that the crap ones are still considered pretty like uh, iconic horror movies. Right. Well, definitely. I had moved to Florida at this by the time Cujo came out. I'm sorry, and I grew up in the, <laughs> in a neighborhood there where like. There were seven free-roaming St. Bernards. Oh, jeez. So that shit terrified <laughs> And, you know, those St. Bernards, which should not have been in Florida, were pissed off all the fucking time. <laughs> so, like, it was terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, the, the next one that comes out that I really fucking care about is The Running Man. I fucking... I think this one was one of the Bachman books. Like, he wrote some books under a pseudonym, Richard uh, Bachman, and I think this was one of them. I don't know for sure. Stars and, Arnold. It stars Arnold. I fucking love this movie. What is this movie about? This movie is... I, first of all, it's either Harlan Ellison or fucking uh, Ray Bradbury. One of those science fiction novels who could write like full, four full novels a year wanted uh, science fiction to instead be referred to as speculative fiction. This is the most accurate piece of speculative <laughs> fiction ever. Like, we haven't gotten to Star Trek and we're never fucking gonna. We probably will get to Terminator, but we're not on the timetable yet. But we're like four bad days from being running. <laughs> like that shit could happen anytime. And some of it, we might even be head ahead of the game. Because I don't think necessarily the Richard Dawson character is Trump, but I definitely think he worked on the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, it's about in the future... Uh, you know, or I guess would be like about now in the timetable. There's a game show where criminals can earn their freedom by running this death maze where they fight these like sort of, uh, you know, end bosses who, mm -hmm. you know, who if they can get past them, they earn their freedom. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, I think is, if I remember correctly, he's like wrongly accused. He gets bunched in with some revolutionaries that he's not actually a part of, but then becomes like interested in their cause and stuff like that. It's it's just fucking great. I Very eighties. I I think it's like a lot of the movies that are more well remembered from the time, like Robo uh, they're in the same sort of R rated yeah. sci fi drama. Robocop, uh what was the other Schwarzenegger movie? Uh that the one on Mars. Get to House to Mars. Oh uh shit. Total Recall. Yeah, Total, Total Recall. Recall, yeah. For some reason those are remembered better. I think this is a way better movie. Yeah, Running Man doesn't get you're right, it doesn't get a lot of play yeah. compared to some of his other ones, but I think it's better than And Richard Dawson is so fucking good as a villain. Like top ten screen villains ever. He just walked off the set of the fucking family food and just comes over and plays the most evil fucking guy on earth. He's a, I mean, he's kind of a slime, slimy guy. Yeah, yeah, to totally. With, but yeah. What's next, Joseph? Oh, one more thing about this. Also, they predicted deep fake technology in They this. did. That's, That's true. a major yeah. plot point. Is this movie better than Transformers? This movie is so much better than Transformers. Also, Arnold kind of acts in this. It's the closest he comes to acting it in is, the 80s. I think it's an underrated movie. Yeah. 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 I've only seen it once, but... 
seen that. Go um, figure. Uh, Nothing before 90. Surpri- yeah, I know. Surprisingly. <laughs> Except The Shining. <laughs> surprisingly, I know that was an effort for me. Uh, surprisingly, I really thought Stand By Me was like really late 80s, early 90s, but it was 86. It actually came out before Running Man. I mean, everyone's very young in that movie. Yeah, I guess yeah. that is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, one of the, the very notable, well, notable until the next couple ones we do, uh, non-horror stories that uh, got adapted from Stephen King's works. Stand By Me. It's about four kids just roaming around unsupervised. Hey, you want to go see a dead body? That, wanna, that's the, all you need. That's the, it. The name of the story it's based on is called The Body, yeah. which is a great name. <laughs> great cast. Great cast. Fun movie. The leech part still gets me this day. It makes me uncomfortable. I won't get in lakes because of it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really... Stephen King was more known as a horror novelist before this. This I became the thing where when this came out, it, it became that when he did... When they did an adaptation of a non-horror movie of his, it was always better. Yeah. Like his movies... The ones that translate better into movies are the non-horror yeah. movies, and this is the first example. And that, that trend doesn't really end. No, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, they they're all good. But, but yeah, th- th- this is this is a this is a really good movie. The 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 train tracks, all of it. The, Even though it has Wesley in it, it does have Wesley's good in it. He is pretty good in it. Yeah. I'll give him that. This is one I have not seen. I was yeah. I you was, think it holds you, up. You've still? never well, seen Stand by. It's, it's one of those know. things. I wonder how like these style of movies track. About, I mean, kind of Stranger Things is kind of included in this, but right. about like kids just fucking roaming around the earth with with nobody watching them. Right. I, <laughs> I would say this movie holds up better than like The Breakfast Club. It's more timeless. It's yeah. more timeless. Like everyone, even like you're talking about roaming the earth. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid, and maybe we didn't have as wide of a radius as the kids in Stand By Me have, but like, you know, on my street in my neighborhood, my yeah. block, like. Yeah, me and my friends just roaming around, seeing what trouble we could find. We never found a dead body. Right. But, uh, I mean, I, it felt very relatable to yeah. me. And it's just, I think the story holds up well. The acting is good. Beautiful scenery. And I feel like there have been attempts at this kind of movie since then, and they never can live up to the standard. Yeah, no, no, totally. It became a, like a big, fat fucking genre for a while, and none of them lived yep. up to that. But there's a whole sequence where, where they're, they uh, run into like the neighborhood bully, and he's right. have, like a knife or a gun. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's more fucking terrifying than most of the other shit that's in his movies, because that's got to be the most identifiable shit. That shit was really terrifying to me, because that's what growing up in East Milton was like <laughs> when I was growing up. I in fully East believe that. Like, you know, like kids would just have you know, like giant hunting knives they'd pull out on you and like, hey, I've got my dad's gun and shit like that. It's a really weird time. So that part of it's like, oh yeah, that's real life. That's scary as shit. Yeah. I, I really recommend this movie. You guys should seriously you should watch it. I don't watch anything yeah. before nineteen ninety. <laughs> <laughs> just the thing, I'm sorry. So that brings us to what what is technically Stephen King's most acclaimed adaptation. This is number one on the IMDb top two fifty. It doesn't matter what it'd be a top anything because it's mm. the top. It is the very tippy top. Shawshank Redemption. Overrated. Overrated. Tim Robbins. Uh, oh, you guys are blasphemous. Probably uh, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Probably the last time Morgan Freeman almost acted. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, well, he's only been playing this character ever since. Ever since. This yeah. Movie. No. Yeah. yeah. Totally. He's like, this is this, <laughs> this is, is the bank. This, this is, is the, me. Yeah. Tim Robbins. I'm sorry. Not that good. It's a good story, and I like this movie when it come out. 
I realize there's some uproar that it may be better than Forrest Gump. That is a bullshit argument. Forrest Gump definitely deserved to win the Oscar. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good fucking movie. Yeah, I, no, it is, yeah, it it's, is good. It's really it's good. Just, it's just not the best movie of all no, time. No, I mean, that's subjective, but it's it is, fucking good. It is my clincher for whenever I'm trying to make the argument that 1994 was the best movie year for movies. Oh, it was a great year for movies. I'll, I'll always start with the rule of threes. I'll go, oh, what came out in 1994? Pulp Fiction, Lion King, Forrest Gump. What do you got? What three movies are going to beat that? Okay, what else? Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Once you get to that, nobody can beat that. Nobody can think of four movies that came out in one year that are. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great year for movies. I mean, uh, objectively, from all genres, it is yeah. possibly the best year for movies. I just think I watched it too much on TBS mm-hmm. growing up. It's funny because this is one that I actually only watched recently. But the problem with all of these things, every one of these Stephen King's adaptations, is I know all the beats because they've been parodied on every right. other thing I've ever watched yeah. in my life. So by the time I watched this, I had seen it on on Family Guy and on other you know smaller cartoons and sitcoms uh, throughout my life. So it, it like it was still an enjoyable movie, but no part of it felt novel to me. Also, yeah. Tim Robbins is worse than Peter Griffin. Yeah. Well, you're right though. It's on. It's it was on TV a lot when I was growing <laughs> up. Like I watch this movie a lot, but I I do enjoy it. But it's it's definitely I've seen it. So was way Stephen too many King times. terrorized as a kid? Because he's really good at writing authority figures that are just fucking yeah. awful. Oh, that's the best part. of The this warden movie. Oh, yeah. and fucking Great. Clancy Brown. But Clancy yeah. Brown's yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I love Clancy Brown. They're so. Fucking terrifying. I love the warden. Yeah, no, he's great. That guy was in everything for a while. He was. Last time I saw him in was like fucking Daredevil. I don't even know his name. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But for for those who don't know, this is a movie about going to prison and then getting out of prison. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't. That's it. That's it. That's what the movie's about. (laughs) Pretty much prison life. Yeah. He, He claims to be innocent. But he's not. Really? You don't believe he's innocent? <laughs> no. Right on. I've never even heard that supposed, <laughs> that he wasn't innocent. I don't believe he is. I, he's just such a boring character, I don't give a fuck if he killed him or not. Yeah. So that brings us to the other Frank Dare. So Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank, Frank Darabont, Dar- famous probably most recently for starting the Walking Dead series, which is somehow still going on. Right. And then suing about it because they cut him out. You know, I was just thinking about that. Isn't it kind of wrong that he left the show at the, the season where they went to the prison when he made two of the right. best prison movies of all right. time? Yep. I almost think he took it on just so he could get It seems that. like he yeah. did. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, that brings us to the that movie. That is an interesting thought. Never <laughs> thought about it like that. <laughs> the movie that... Uh, I watched about a bazillion times on cable. The Green Mile, probably Michael... I mean, I like Michael Clark Duncan in a lot of stuff, but this is the role he was fucking born to play. Yep. Oh, agreed, yeah. I uh, got Tom Hanks. We got that other guy who's in all Frank Darabont movies who I can never... I don't know his fucking name, uh, but he's got a lot of eyebrows. Uh, we got... The other guard you're talking about. Yeah. We got Sam Rockwell. We got that tall guy... What's his name? Sam Rockwell's so great. Sam Rockwell Sam is great. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan. No, the white guy, the <laughs> warden. Shit. Oh, and we got that God. creepy guy from oh, Lost who married a 16-year-old. Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. Hey, well, you know what? Also, James Cromwell? James Cromwell, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy that... I forgot that. about that shit. Yeah. God, that guy. Yeah, he's like the worst guy in this Percy. movie. Percy, yeah. Yeah. I think he's even worse than Sam Rockwell. He is worse than Sam yeah. Rockwell. Yeah. <laughs> Horace was that his name in yeah. Lost? Yeah, yeah, Horace on Lost. Yeah, and this and is also a, a prison. You know, uh, Tom Hanks plays a guard, yeah, and sure. Michael Clark Duncan's on death row. And you find out, you know, Michael Clark Duncan's kind of like an angel sort of. He's got he's got special powers. powers. Yeah. They don't really clarify exactly what he is, and kind of changes Tom Hanks' life. And it's a feel good story, but I mean, it, I mean it's kind of sad. At parts, yeah, at parts. It, it's, it, 
Also, Gary Sinise's one fucking scene encapsulates Southern racism better than any scene in any movie ever. Gary Sinise is good. God, it's a great movie. It's a really, like, one of the things I really like about this movie is they do such a good job of, I mean, Michael Clark Duncan was in real life a really large man. Right. Yeah. But they make him seem inhumanly large. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean. (laughs) Well, he died early of an overlarge heart, I think. Did he? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He's a big man. Um, but yeah, I mean, this movie, it's about prison, it's about death row, it's about, uh, faith Life. and friendship, and it's also super, mostly about racism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, Sam Rock, I forgot about Sam Rock. Poor, uh, he, he's Mr. fucking Jingles. Oh, I, yes, oh, the mouse. Yeah. There was a stretch there, which, you know, we talk so much about Tom Hanks, like, being on his peak, like, in the mid-90s mm-hmm. with, like, Forrest Gump, Castaway, and all that. But this, like, Green Mile Road to Perdition time of yeah, Tom Hanks, yeah. I'm a real big fan yeah, of yeah, that totally. God, he's he's pretty solid. We should do a best performance on Tom Hanks. It would be difficult. It would we, be difficult. We haven't done that? No. Yeah, can, we just do, can we just do Tom Hanks' best attempt at an accent? <laughs> I love you, Tom Hanks. I think Tom Hanks' best sad face, I think, is what we should do. Okay. Not the overall performance, just which movie he makes the best sad face. It may be The Green Mile, actually. It probably actually. is The yeah. Green Mile. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Yeah. This movie is way better than Transformers. Yeah. Just, yeah. just talking about it makes me want to watch it again. Yeah. I think all these movies have been better than Transformers so it's, far. It's one of those... Well, we, were, we were choosy. We yeah. were. Yeah, we didn't we basically <laughs> didn't talk about any of the shitty ones. <laughs> And if we want to talk about the two pet cemeteries, I can talk about both of them being worth the Transformers, <laughs> even though I enjoy watching the first one. So that brings us to another, I, I intentionally did this, another Frank Darabont-directed uh, vehicle, The Mist. I fucking love this movie. Which, I fucking love which, this movie. Which is, well, you guys can tell us what the plot is, but it's also famous for Stephen King liking the ending of this movie better than he likes his own ending. Yeah, it's because it's a better ending. It is. So, yeah. so what is the plot of this film? There is a mist. There is a mist. And there's a group of people trapped inside of a grocery store. Mm-hmm. And they uh, were wondering what is going on outside in the mist. Some serious religious overtones yeah. in Some this story. Pop political overtones. Yeah. Uh, it's, again, for, from the guy who wrote or you know made the Walking Dead series, it kind of feels like a Walking Dead episode, but just with a different premise. And, and just better. way, way fucking better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, great cast. Great cast. Uh, all the people are used really well. Maybe the best Thomas Jane has been in anything that isn't Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> 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 I, I'm gonna say not a high bar to clear, but fair I, enough. I'm Are you forgetting about the Punisher? What? Are you forgetting about the Punisher? I definitely. <laughs> I like the Punisher movie a lot, but Thomas Jane does not act in that I, movie. I, I like That's the one with John Travolta, right? I agree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on this, while we're on this note, have you guys ever watched Dirty Laundry? Oh yeah, that's fucking great. That's the best. Him is the Punisher, and that he's the best. That might be his best performance. Agreed. But the, I mean, this movie is about like um, just the dad trying to save his son. Yeah, you know, at its core, and things go horribly wrong at the end. Who is the lady who's his main rival in the grocery store? I, who's I'm just trying to think of her. Because she is so fucking good. She yeah. is super good. I just want to crawl through the screen and punch her in the fucking nose. <laughs> yeah. She is great. Um, man, I love this movie. Famously, the ending changes uh, with spoilers. Thomas Jane basically being the only person that survives. Right. And, I mean, 
He not, steps out of the car. Well, hang on. Not not just the only one that survives. There's a I, gun with only I, three bullets. I right? didn't want to say how everybody else died. Be, well, because it's, it's it's important to why the ending is impactful. It's one thing if he works hard and, and everybody else just happens to die. There but, are giant monsters in the midst. Right. It's, say yeah, that. it's not like the ending to like the perfect storm where they just all die after right. trying hard. And it's but, but, peaceful. But, yeah. but, they, but they reach a point where they, they think there's no hope of escape. There's no hope of survival. And they'd rather go out on their own terms than be eaten. Than be eaten. And so, yeah, Thomas Jane uses the three bullets to to kill the three remaining other people besides himself, including his son. They're in a car and they're yeah. trying to escape. Yeah. And, and then he gets out of the car <laughs> to just face the monsters. Like, fuck it, here I go. And there's the U.S. fucking military as, clearing it as all the off. mist is clearing. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's such a. I mean, this term gets thrown around a lot, but that's the most gut punch ending to a movie yeah. I've ever no, 100%. seen. No, 100%. I was like, what did you just fucking do to me? Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Yeah. I love how strongly I felt about it yeah. at the time. How does uh, the book end? I think, the, I think they live. I think him and the boy both live. Okay. And yeah, okay. They get away. Yeah, um, that's better. Yeah, no, it's way better. <laughs> Uh, definitely better than Transformers. And they made a TV version not too long ago, but I believe it got canceled before it got finished, and I never watched it. I didn't watch it. Also, either. strangely, I believe the TV version is probably more adult than the film version right. is. Interesting. Uh, I remember the trailers being like very graphic for it. Yeah. That way. You should, people should watch it. Yeah, I highly yeah. recommend it. So uh, one of the, the main reasons we got into this episode in the first place is because we are a bit in a, in a second... Uh, Stephen King renaissance here. I use the word renaissance too much. I'll come up with another word. <laughs> kind of, as, as you mentioned, Hurt, it was kind of on its way, but definitely uh, solidified by the new It movie. Yeah, yeah. Which the sequel is coming out relatively soon. Two weeks. Yeah? Two yeah. weeks, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about that one. It is, uh, to me, it's funny because, I mean, it's definitely on the horror list, and by its premise, I think it should be more of a horror movie than it is. But this is like the best stand, stand By Me sequel. It's it's the most hits all of Stephen King's yeah. beats. It's the horror. It's the coming of age. It's the awful fucking bullies. It just like... He just makes like, being a child seem so fucking scary. He, he did I have really a bad... He, he had a bad childhood. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if you were, if you were just going to say, hey, you're just going to do one Stephen King thing, I think this would be your prime. Yep. Yep. They made Tim, Tim Curry's fucking yeah, we're, Oh, we're talking about the new we're one. We're doing the new one. Oh, I, fuck the new one. We you don't like the new one? I mean, it's okay. The old one's way better. See, I think. I, okay, the old one, Tim Curry rules, but yes. the rest of that movie is pretty hard to watch. I would agree with that. He, Tim Curry's Tim great. Tim Curry is great. Yeah. yeah. He scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Do you know what I hate about that movie? But Jim Bob is no good. What where the, thi- the, the, the TV movie is the only thing they could think of to replace saying a character is gay, because I guess they couldn't say a character was gay, was his big admission was, I'm a virgin. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I think I, that's how it went. That's how I remember it. I haven't watched that since it was right. on VHS. I was, I was going to say, the, the new one makes a really great distinction, and I realized this was like studio bullshit so mm. they could get a sequel, but it's a very long book, and it's a book that's really two books. Yeah. So choosing to make just the first half. And it has a, yeah, it has a great break point. It yeah. actually makes total sense. Really worked out well. Uh, the cast is great. All those kids are good. Yeah, I know. I don't hate the kids, which yeah. is, you know, a, a feat in itself. Yeah. 
And I think the Skarsgård dude does a pretty good job as Pennywise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, that one's okay, but I think I like the original more. But you're right, it's good that they broke it up, and it's different. They're differentiating it because they're making it two separate movies. Man, that bit in that like uh, old abandoned house is like such a good like. I'm gonna take all your fears about going in a fake bullshit haunted yeah. house and then like make right. them real. You visualize. To, to me, to me, that haunted house scene is like Final Destination for little kids. Yeah. Whereas Final, <laughs> whereas Final Destination is preying on kind of like your like your I don't know I don't know if adult fears is the right but you getting know, hit by a log off a log truck right that kind of thing yeah. whereas this is like that scary fucking house that everyone has somewhere outside yep. of their neighborhood you've thought about what the fuck is in that house but that that sequence is everything that you could have imagined like the worst possible scenario being I love too that in the, like the middle of this you know nice little family town in Maine there's like the Adams family house it's just yeah, like know, plopped right? right down in the middle right. of it. look these guys they don't seem to be very perceptive no there's a well, I think they're perceptive. They just ignore it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited for the second one. I, I Good cast. Good cast. Annie Machete, I think, proved himself with the first one. Yeah. James McAvoy, Bill Hader, and Jessica Chastain. Yep. And I, I, Isaiah Mustafason. Is that how you say that guy's name? I'm going to try to op- watch that with like a crowd, like opening yeah. night. That might be fun. Yeah, the trailers have looked good. Yeah, I, I, I wish I would have watched the, the remake before this because I, I started to, but I fell asleep. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it'll yeah. be cool. Yeah. Well, cool. I think there's more coming out soon, but I don't know. I think there's a TV version of The Stand. Yeah. You know, The Stand is my favorite of his books. And the TV miniseries, I, I personally will say that it's better than Transformers, even though objectively I know that it's not. <laughs> but it does have a really good big cast. And... Uh, I would like to see it done better. Yeah. I know there's plenty of a bunch more works on the way, but I don't remember what they all are. Uh, oh, Dr. Sleep coming out. Yeah, Dr. Sleep's yeah, sequel yeah. to The Shining that no one asked in for. In November. But yeah, I don't know. The trailer looked pretty good. And yeah. I, I know people who are big fans of the book. Yeah. So I see it. And, and that's uh, to me, what you said about The Shining is one of the things that I think, and not that this movie can take away from The Shining, but I think one of the things that makes the cool things in that universe cool is that you don't flesh them out. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's, there's a lot of wonder left to be explored and your mind gets to explore it. And so to like, and maybe, maybe they will handle it like well, but to me, like leaving the whole concept of The Shining ambiguous makes it more interesting to me. Yeah. See, our world now, everything has to have like a neat little bow around it. Yeah. I don't, and that's I don't why want, this movie is coming. Like, we don't need this. I You're don't right. want an origin story for The Shining. Yep. And that's what this will probably yeah, be. Yeah. I, I haven't read the book, so I don't know what it is, but I would be okay if we don't get an explanation. I'm fine seeing another story in that world, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. Like, don't. Don't give me more than I want. So. Definitely, I mean, I can't speak for the book, but in the original movie, the shining part of it was sort of the least interesting. No, part it is, but that, but there. that's that's one of the cool things yeah. is that you take like literal fucking like to, you know like psychic powers right. and make that the least interesting right. part of the book. Right. That's fucking cool. Right. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so that's probably uh, cherry-picked good parts of Stephen King. Right. Maybe one day we'll do the worst of Stephen King. <laughs> that's part two. I, yeah, that's we part two. I was about to say, this is the most positive we've ever been on one of these things, and I think it's just because we only picked the good shit. Yep. Yeah. Picked eight movies we all like. Right. So. Everything's better than Transformers. <laughs> all of them. One of them is the best movie of all time, uh, you know, according to a couple hundred thousand assholes on the internet. Yeah, Hard I don't know. Facts. I don't know which one I like that all those the most. I think you might have swayed me on The Shining. It's The but Shining. Then Green Mile's good, too. Oh, yeah. Look, look, the Green Mile, I could watch literally any time. Yeah, I think I can rewatch that more than Shawshank, so I got to reassess what I was thinking. But The Shining is the better movie, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with the ones we talked about. The Shining is probably my favorite. And... 
honestly, Stand By Me may be number two. I really like that movie. I know what I'm going with my favorite. The fucking Running, running Man. man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I kind of thought you were going to go Carrie for a second. <laughs> I should have known better. I knew it. So cool. That's it for, uh, for Stephen King. What have we been watching? I can go first. I didn't watch anything this week. I've... You suck. Yeah, I finished the second half of Downton season three. And God, what a sad season. Like, Talk about just, a gut punch of an ending. Man, <laughs> they kill all your favorite characters. Yep. And there is one point in the show after one of the major characters die. And they say, you know, that was the sweetest person in the house. And it's absolutely true. You took the nicest person, the nicest character in that show. Yep. And you're like, oh, we're going to kill them. And we're going to keep their shitty husband around. It, it really got me in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really did. That's one yeah. of the few moments I remember because it's oh, how it all happened. And then heartbreaking. there is like a gut punching ending to that, uh, to that season. I'm excited to keep watching. I really wanted to watch Endgame this week, but God, it's hard to block out three and a half hours for that fucking movie. But. It's fair. I did watch Endgame. <laughs> and even though we've done two full episodes, <laughs> what a transition. Endgame, I'll talk about Endgame for a second. Here's my main takeaway from my second time of watching Endgame. I, I just think Ian's wrong that Ian doesn't like it. I'm not. <laughs> well, I mean, spoiler. I also watched Endgame this week, right? And doubling down, the first hour and a half of that movie is fucking a lot of sad people rooms. But when when you hey Cap on your left, that that twenty minutes is the best twenty minutes on film. Like that that <laughs> right. Infinity War scene. So that that's why y'all like it. It leaves just, you with a good feeling. I just think maybe maybe you need therapy about this because <laughs> I mean I'm not if if this is someone I genuinely believe that they didn't like it. I would be like, well, you know, different people can have different opinions about things. That's why we have fucking podcasts. Yeah, but uh, I know you very well, and I think you like this movie. Something just it's, went wrong. It's got some soap opery elements when I watched it again. Like, like there's a mirror when 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 they bring Tony back with uh, Captain Marvel, and mm. I, I, fucking Captain America sitting there with his fucking razor, with his fucking tank top, just staring at a mirror. Like he looks like a male model in that movie. Like I do it not. Does look very. Sexy. I mean, it's still it's not as bad as it was in Is Winter it? Soldier. There's there's a really gratuitous well, tank top. There's another part shot. where Tony comes back and he's invented the time travel bracelet. Right. And he's just fucking posted up in a fucking leather jacket. He looks ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, <laughs> I, I have to backtrack here, you. <laughs> Uh, with you on this because every Captain America movie has this bit. There's the Haley Atwell touches tit scene yep. in, <laughs> in First Avenger. There's the grabbing onto the helicopter scene, which is just maximized on his fucking bicep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, it gets my yeah. dong hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not special to Endgame. Yeah. It's mandatory in Chris I Evans' think it's contract. It's, it's more well, melodramatic. It's so melodramatic the first hour. And well, half. the thing I, I you know. I remember from watching it, I felt like the first hour of it was a little too mopey, but this time, a lot of the best bits are in the first See, I, yeah, hour. That's, There's a lot of comedy. If you in lost the first all hour. of your friends, would you not be sad? That's, that's my thing. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I know it's a fun fucking superhero series, but we've been doing it for, you know, 10 years and 20 some odd movies. Like, I feel like it is it's a hard emotional beat for the kind of movie it is, but I feel like it's earned based on all the shit that we've been through with them. Yeah. I'm not trying to convince That's, you. What the fuck am I trying to do? You live your life. No, you like what you but like. But I, I will agree with what you said. Like, when Captain America's staring down Thanos' whole army, and then, like, Falcon comes out and Black Panther, I get goosebumps every time. Like, I, mean, I get, like, that's the coolest fucking part of any movie. Well, that's also the thing. You know, you talked about, you know, it is a dumb movie about super people and talking raccoons and shit like that. But they've really set it up long enough that you really feel for this mm-hmm. guy. And, man, I second time watching it, there were multiple times where I got a little teary. Like, when the... the uh, 
it's emotional when he says on its left. It's but, it's emotional when Tony dies. It know? is still ridiculous that Black Panther and Hawkeye take turns trying to not kill the other one. They're like, I want to die. No, Black no, Widow, I'm gonna save Black you. Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Widow. Like, I mean, there are parts in that movie that are just like, I don't know. It just I didn't, mean, it didn't best hit me. The right. They want to save each other, but they could have just fucked it up and both died. Also, I, I won't get in on this in the podcast, but I, I after watching it a second time, I can defend its time travel logic. Unless they fuck it up in subsequent movies, the time travel logic makes sense in this movie. The only thing I would say about the Black Widow part is they set all of Infinity War in the first hour and a half of Endgame to make you believe Hawkeye, in that scene, you're like, Hawkeye's going to die. Right. And the, the only way that that switch works and makes Black Widow die is like spending five minutes for them to spend on their friendship and how much they love each other to make that turn work. Because the lazy thing to do is kill Hawkeye in that Definitely. moment. I, I just think Hawkeye should have just, I mean, Black Widow should have just killed herself, but they shouldn't have, like, taken turns, tried to killing themselves, and the other one, it, it I was also a little think, ridiculous. I, after watching it, I think in, in the solo series, Hawkeye's single. I think he's too fucked up from everything that happens, and he gets a divorce. Yeah. As long I as like he keeps the I don't know, I love Linda Cardellini. I mean, I don't think it'll stand, you know what I'm saying? I think <laughs> no. the happy He's still going to have to pick up his kids. But, uh, but, <laughs> okay, uh, fair point. But I, I think I think they'll do the him living alone in an apartment storyline yeah. from the Fraction Aja run just because that's the most popular run with him. And he's in a spot right now where it would be believable that he left. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I softened a little bit because, like, the infin- like the infinity, like the part with Thanos, that battle is fucking cool. You just said you doubled down like fucking well, five no, seconds. Like, I softened a little he bit, but I still don't. First half. Yeah, the first half is not good. It's just not. It's soap opery and sad, and and it's kind of boring. It's very <laughs> a lot of people in rooms talking that are sad. Well, I'm gonna watch it this week, damn it, just so we can argue <laughs> about it again next week. Next week, I'll defend the time tower. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you bring it up, <laughs> that sounds good. Bad. Anything else? Nothing. No. Nothing else. Well, that took up all its free time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, I, I mentioned it on the news podcast. I've, I've been uh, still going through the uh, Marvel's Wolverine, the podcast. Uh, one of the things I like about it is they do a surprisingly good job. One of the main characters, especially in the latter half, is a mutant called Mastermind, whose whole thing is fucking illusions and yeah. like tricking people into believing different realities are true, which seems like it would be hard to communicate on a podcast, but they do it really fucking well. Right uh, so I just wanted to go out and give props. And Richard Armitage... In my opinion, as Wolverine, I love the idea of Richard Armitage's Wolverine. First season, little spotty. Second season, much better. I really like him. He really, so he's like, yeah, my thing was, I think he has the look. I think you said, yeah, right? yeah. we did our fan cast. And I listened to the first season of this podcast, and I wasn't like blown away. I thought it was fine. But always like the like accent on screen has always been my big yeah, apprehension. Right. You think he gets it? And I think he season. does better in the second season. I've still been watching Hard Knocks, which is good. John Gruden's a little bit crazier in the second episode. I'm looking forward to the third episode. So it is good because I hear it's like very fluffy this year. It's like, a, like they cut a lot. Like you could tell the Raiders aren't letting them have access because they're uh, not talking about Antonio Brown a lot. And like it's I don't know. That's what I read. Yeah, they're they're not. They're I mean they're not spending the whole episode on it. They'll spend segments on it. Uh, but it'll, it'll be like one segment on Antonio Brown, and then they move on because there's nothing to do because he's not at fucking camp. Yep. You think they're going to be good this year? No, fuck no. Okay. God, no. <laughs> I just think they just they do such a good job of crafting stories for Hard Knocks. It, it just blows me away every year. Even, yeah. even when there's not, you know, objectively as much of story as there have been in previous years. I mean, you, you have said before one of the things that uh, is that, you know, restriction drives creativity. Yeah. And the fact that they craft such an interesting 
like a documentary about these teams yeah. in four weeks. It's, and like in real time, they don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. To me. It blows me away every year. Um, and then I finished the first season of Assassination Classroom. It's really good. It's funny because the, the premise is, again, evil, not evil, sentient octopus creature threatens to destroy the planet in a year, but in the meantime teaches a middle school class where the middle school students are allowed to try to kill him every day. <laughs> That's the premise. It's ridiculous. Uh, but the thing is... <laughs> the, they do, uh, they do like really kind of standard. I don't know, kind of, kind of standard sitcom premises on a, on like a weekly basis, but just in this ridiculous world, and it's still like novel and fun, and the, it's good humor. It, it's kind of aware of itself. The only problematic issue, and I just wonder if it's a language thing. They have a, a language teacher who's supposed to be like a blonde bombshell assassin to teach them. Her whole thing is like seduction. It's a very like. These are comics for young boys. Right. This is this is fan service. But she has like a Russian name, like Slavinovich or something. But they play on the fact that Japanese people don't make a big difference between V's and B's. So she's just Miss Bitch the whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it just it it gets a little uncomfortable right. at times. But I I just I have to imagine it plays differently in Japanese. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that seems like it, it, it could be problems on a lot of levels. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 not great. But like I, that seems like I don't know, like two thousand eight South Park shit or something. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Anyway, it's still I I really like the show. I think it's cleverly done. I'm actually just gonna hold off watching the second season and start over again with my wife later. Awesome. So, what do you got, Ian? I watch Avengers. I already butted in on her side. The yeah. other thing I watch is I. Had a Best Buy gift card in my wallet for like a year, so I bought a DVD. And I bought <laughs> Into the Spider Verse. All right, God, that movie's fucking. It's good. really good. It really, animation's is. great. Fucking, I like the music, which I didn't remember the first time. Like mm-hmm. when Peter Parker dies, that song's really good. Kind of made me hit, you know, hit the feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. For a movie about a whole bunch of Spider Man, it's fresh, which I can't explain how yeah, they do no, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, I love the, my favorite bit is like whenever a new character comes on, they go, all right, we're going to do this one more time. And yeah. they just do the origin. Right. But if you haven't seen it, check that shit out. It could be my favorite cartoon. I watched it again on Spider-Man Day recently. And uh, what I noticed this time, like it's one of those things, there's so many cool things going on that you sometimes miss a thing because you're laughing at the last thing. Yeah. And I missed really how awesome Nicolas Cage is yep. in that. Yeah. Oh, he's <laughs> so he's really great. good. Yeah. I, it's like it's a comic book. Like yeah. the, the animation is like a yeah. comic book. They need to do more movies like it's, that. It's the best looking. Yeah, no the 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 animation itself is fucking incredible. Yeah, I like to prop up Lee Schreiber in that movie because yep. he's yeah. the most oh. like hard to distinguish at all. Yeah. Though. Secondary point: I need to give props to Lee Schreiber in Hard Knocks for doing Hard Knocks for the last twenty fucking years. Wait, Lee Schreiber? <laughs> Lee Schreiber is, a... is the narrator for Hard Knocks. No way. Yeah. And huh. it, and it has been doing it since the get go. The only he only did didn't do one season where Paul Rudd did it. I haven't seen that one. I want to see it. Was it the Chiefs? I don't know which year it was with Herm mm. Edwards. But yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, I will say on Leaf Schreiber, the only credit I will give X Men Origins Wolverine is I like his saber tooth. Yeah, he, it's, a, it's a more interesting. Really, all the people in that movie, he really wants it to be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's trying so hard to make it good. Watch Ray Donovan. I've watched that. Very good Leaf Schreiber show. Nice. I'm glad we spent two minutes raving about Leaf Schreiber. Hey, you know what? <laughs> he, de- he deserves more of your yeah, time. He does. He does. I started it. But. Uh, 
but I think that's it for this week. What are we doing next week? I don't know. More topics. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Try to see a movie, but it's probably going to be shit. We can yeah. watch Olympus Has Fallen. Yeah, never mind. Let's <laughs> no, do yeah, another yeah. topic. Yeah, I'll do another topic. Uh, so please rate and subscribe and tell your friends, uh, you know, word of mouth telling people is really the best way for us to, to get new listeners and to expand our reach and have other people enjoy the sound of our dulcet tones every week. Rate the, yeah, rate the podcast on iTunes. That's, that's how they supposedly get higher rankings. Gotta milk those stats. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, if you'd like to, if you'd like to send in Stephen King movies that we probably haven't seen that you want us to talk about. Let us know at uh, realphonies at gmail.com and on realphonies at Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and you can also follow us on our Instagram at real underscore phonies. Uh, thanks to Zach Amistar and Brian Velasquez for our thing. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.